Coffee Bites, the show where we take nibbles of data and info and discuss them over coffee. I'm Miles, that's Sam, and today we're going to be breaking down or starting up a small series on bringing security to the everyday person. As both of us work in very high levels of security, more than the average person, we want to try and bring some of the things we can learn to the everyday person and try and take that high level and formulate and bring it down to that easy checklist plan to take yourself from the very vulnerable person to pass 90% of all potential hacking incidents. Yeah, because, you know, as as you can know, like cybercrime is definitely a big issue nowadays that the world is becoming more interconnected with technology. And we thought, you know, this probably be a good series for people to just kind of get some information and some tips and tricks about how to keep yourself safe online and give yourself that little more peace of mind. Uh, so, yeah, I think before we get into the topic of today, which is going to be passwords... Um, Miles, what are you, what are you sipping on? I'm sipping on a, a little shot I pulled right before we started. We jumped on call. Uh, it's a three ships from a month ago. I'm, I'm catching up. I had a bit of a crazy month where I just no idea what happened. Uh, so it's, actually it's two months, two months old. It's a sweet tea, orange, yes, and honeysuckle from Ethiopia. Ooh, nice. I got a near perfect shot. It was a 32nd, 35 gram shot. So we're pr- pretty close to spot on. I'm really liking the the new machine. It's able to pull out some of those lighter notes that I would previously have not been able to taste in the coffee. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I am going on a... Actually, I broke open one of this month's bags. First time ever. I have broken this up huge. This, this actual current month's bag. I just skipped the summer breeze. I'm going to go back to it, but I wanted to, like, for experimentation's sake, try, like, the fresh roasted, like, within a month of the roasting date. Um, so I believe it's the almond butter... I don't have it sitting next to me anymore, but um, almond butter or something. Almond butter kind of like is a, very good. Honestly, I'm not a fan as much of the straight espresso. I don't know. It's just like I, I'm, I'm starting to lean more towards the sweeter espresso flavors that I'm kind of enjoying, the, like the fruitier, sweeter flavors. Yeah, the brightness to that. However... This one does make a very good latte, so that's what I'm. That's what I got going on right now. I, I've noticed that I'm. I'm also leaning towards brighter ones, but the more that I consume, the more that I like not super bright ones every now and then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it makes a, sense it's a to weird have balance that I, I found with that where you would think that I would only like one thing, but I end up liking something so much that I don't like oh. it. Variety is the spice of life. It is. And speaking of variety, variety. that leads us into today's topic a little bit of passwords yes i feel like when anyone thinks of security even just the word security like passwords kind of spring to mind probably pretty quickly yeah i think not even yeah not even necessarily a computer passwords just like the concept of a passphrase has a is a pretty tried and true method of security throughout history yeah i think that the whole idea of security and the way passwords come in I think before we even jump into that more, I sort of want to break down this whole concept of why we even should care about this or why the everyday person should even listen to what we're about to say. Because I think that a lot of people don't understand the this, the world as it is with the cyber um, the cyberification, which is now a, coin, a term that I'm coining, <laughs> of the entire world. Security is becoming more and more important and ensuring that your personal security is as high as it can be is paramount and the issue the issue that a lot of people have is they just don't care about it yeah they think oh i have a password that's my dog's name and then the year i was born i'm secure no one knows my dog's name no i can find your dog's name 
I can find your address. I can find what year you're born. It's not that hard to do that. And people use that as their shield for thinking they're secure. And the people who are that secure who click on phishing links, the people who don't understand how to properly maintain updates on their computer, who may or may not be misproperly configured on their networks. All these topics, I think I really want to break down with you, Sam, and bring to the people from our level and our knowledge into it to try and explain to them just how important it is to stay ahead of the curve. Because as, mm-hmm. as I'm sure you're aware, hackers are very lazy. I like yeah. If there's a hacker listening to this, I, don't lie to me. I know you're lazy. If the front door is open, they're not going to cut a hole in the wall. So if you have an unsecure password, they're going to go for the unsecure password rather than me who has like a 48-character password for most things. Or let's just say, Sam, you have like a 40-character password, 38-character Neither of us are going to be as uh, high of a target as someone who has an eight-character password that's their dog's name or a Wi-Fi that is the season and then the year, like spring 18 or spring 23. I went to a hotel recently, and that was their Wi-Fi password. (laughs) Getting beyond that curve protects you from a lot of threats, and I, I really think that it's our job as people working in security to teach everyone what we know, and whether it be Mm -hmm. a a five-minute conversation with someone, a 30-minute podcast episode, or even like a blog that someone writes. As long as you're aware and the knowledge is brought to your attention, our job is done. If the person chooses not to follow our advice or chooses to ignore it and continue on with their life and they get hit with something, that's that's on them. them. But the information is at their disposal, and I think that that's what we can do, and that's something we should push with this podcast is the narrative of bringing tech to the everyday person yeah i think that's a probably a bit it's a big reason why we started this thing in the first place <laughs> big reason we started is not having to explain to our parents every time what we do yeah honestly let's talk about good password etiquette for a second like you've already started it off with passwords ideally are not should not contain information that can be publicly found out about you yes so anniversary dates birthdays relatives names children's names names in general i think names are a very weak thing to go for honestly i mean i have found i think it's i've seen it like once one time i think that it was for like a very sick it was it was for a system that was like pretty like you i I don't remember if it was like a bank or like something something was like you can't have like a dictionary word in your password yes and i'm like ooh, that's spicy yeah some people push very extreme but i think that that's not having any words in the dictionary is a is too far to go for the average person because you well have it depends on if you're password. using a manager which we'll talk about later yes so here's um you know everyone's familiar with the standard or should be hopefully familiar with the standard password creation that has become pretty like the norm nowadays which is like what eight characters uh no. uppercase a number more than eight characters more more than eight characters. i feel like i'm not is... talking about i'm not talking about best practice i'm talking about like oh standards is eight characters standard passages. yeah standard it's like eight characters uppercase a number special characters if it's like trying to be cool no if we're talking the eight character requirements they don't even require special characters normally yeah it's normally just an uppercase a lowercase and a number and then eight characters that's like your standard password i think one thing that we can talk about here I think we can talk about a little bit of how some of these attacks are carried out against passwords. Yeah. 
um, to kind of give an understanding of why these, um, why it is important to circumvent, kind of, I guess, to get a, get a, let the listener have an understanding of what they're circumventing. Yeah. You know, and you probably have a better platform to speak on that than I do. Yeah. So with, with password attacks, you can see a lot of variations in how the attacks performed. It could be reconnaissance into an individual in which you generate a list based on strings that are related to that person. It could also be from password breaches where a service you use has been compromised. Attackers will exfiltrate password and user data and post it publicly online, in which case that, that password would be compromised and leveraged against other services that share your username or your email. Um, the third one is just brute forcing. And I think it is fairly safe to say that up till eight characters has been mapped out completely as in a, a rainbow table of all possible combinations of eight characters is known. Yeah. So an eight character password can be cracked very fast. Um, normally you'd, you'd think of a 12, 13 character password as taking years to crack. Eight character passwords are minutes. Um, and uh, for those who don't know, a rainbow table is a file. It's like essentially, correct me if I'm wrong, Miles, but it's like a list of words in a file that can be very quickly run through by a program to yeah. uh, create password attacks. Yeah, so it's a list of passwords and their hashes. And for people who don't know what a hash is, a hash is a form of one-way encryption in which the same data will always relate in the same encryption. So if I had a text document with the word hi in it, H-I, both lowercase, and I hash it out, it could be a hash one, two, three, four, five. If I made that high with a capital H, it would be 4321. There's no way of telling what that exact hash would be until you've hashed it out. And there's no way to know that from 12345, that's that's the, the hash of the file high unless you've hashed that file. So by creating a rainbow table, you take every you take password combinations, hash them out in whatever hashing scheme you want to use, and then have the hash and the password next to each other. And then looking at the password entry forms, mostly the times when you enter a password, it's going to take that password so it's not being translated in plain text, hash it out, and compare it to the hash that it stores on the back end. If those hashes match, you're in. And if we're able to have a database in which we have hashes and their passwords, and we know that hash H works, we say, okay, look in row H. We have that hash. What password did we use to generate that hash? And we know the password, and we could type it in ourselves. Mm-hmm. So in essence, the rainbow table is just a list of all possible passwords, both front end and back end, that have been calculated. Yeah. So pretty that much is, that is in essence, and there's there's a little bit more finesse to it, but in essence, that's what it is. That's what Miles means when he says rainbow tables. Yes, they are they are also massive. <laughs> the amount of data that they have, sort of terrifying. Um. So yeah. So essentially, what you were saying there is that eight the eight character password has essentially been cracked in terms of uh, like every possible combination of eight characters has been yeah and, listed. and if it's if it had if there's no one location that it's been cracked the ability to crack an eight character password is very very easy it's not like you're fighting against an up you're not like it's not you are not fighting an uphill battle to crack an eight character password you're on it's on level playing field with current processing capabilities and if you think of password cracking rigs they have multiple gpus in them mm-hmm. that amount of processing can root its way through eight character passwords very easily i think nowadays 12 to 16 characters is still playing it a bit weak I'd, I'd like to see more just the longer the better but 12 to 16 is a good um 
you're above the curve for passwords. So yeah. So should we make like I feel like we maybe like make a checklist? Yeah, I think we should summarize all this in the checklist at the very end. But I think one thing to consider for people is that I know Sam, maybe you probably do the same thing. Making these long passwords can be confusing. Yes, um, quite so. And I have used a sort of trick to memorize some longer passwords in which I take either phrases or sentences. I can either make them up or they can be from something that I enjoy that's not super publicly known. Like let's just say a really obscure poem that you enjoy. If you take a stanza from it and you write that stanza backwards as a poem, you're going to have a, a list of words that are not going to be in a logical order, thus getting by your first issue, which is people sometimes like to use uh, what could be sentences. Yeah. So random assortment of words is the fir- getting past the first way of essentially trying to use logic to crack passwords. Mm-hmm. You then can swap out characters. So let's just say a like a letter E could be a three. An A could be an at sign. A five could be an S. Or an S could be a five. An A could also be a four. A T could be a seven. Doing that kind of swap out of characters where O's are zeros. Uh, I's are exclamation marks. If you take this phrase, jumble it up or reverse it, and swap out these characters, you are able to, in essence, create a very complex password that is easy for the end user to remember. Yeah. And doing so, you can create pretty long passwords. Like, you can create upwards of 18-character passwords with pretty very easily. little difficulty on your end to remember. Yeah. Now, the big caveat with that is you should change your passwords. You shouldn't just use one and always use it. You should be changing it every now and then. And when you change your password, do not make incremental changes. This is an issue that I have seen where some users uh, for some clients will go in and you'll be doing work and you'll see password A and then you see password A plus Q like just a Q at the end of that password or with an and and percent at the end that's not it doesn't secure. make it a new password <laughs> it doesn't make it a new password which makes it a, a variation of the same password in which if I know you've used a password in the past I'm going to add like four or five characters of flexible space to the end of that with a password generation tool and just try all of those. Because I can I can add passwords on or add on characters to a password with a computer very, very easily. We were doing a lot of that in our um, offensive security class in school where you learn just how easy it is to make password lists like that. Yeah, it's not hard. It's shockingly easy. So make sure you don't reuse that or don't yeah. incrementally great passwords now, sam i know this is something you work with but what do you think about reusing passwords you know it's a bad idea in terms of like opsec like just keeping yourself secure because if that one password gets cracked you know i mean it could you can lose a lot however i mean i'm guilty of it so i can't really say too much but um reusing passwords probably not the best idea yes I just want to make sure we're on the page. I'm we're like, on the same page here. If he thinks we're using passwords are good, we're going to have some beef right here. No. But there was you're a using passwords is, the uh, is my my fatal flaw. It's my red flag. I reuse them for things I don't care. Yeah. Like, if I have no personal information linked to an account, I'll reuse a password. I don't care. I guess the exception to that being, I guess, federated sign-ins don't really count as a reusing a password. It's just 
No, that doesn't. Signing in using Google. Um, regardless, moving on for a second from that, well, kind of moving on in a in a logical way. So, in you want to have like, because I know Miles is presenting you like you know we have, you can take like a phrase and jumble it like you can figure out a way to remember all that stuff. There is another way. There is another way. Another method, one might say, a method to the madness. Um, and that is a password manager. That's another route that is um, a good tool. And there are plenty on the market. Some paid, some free. What is a password manager? A password manager, Miles, um, is a program that will store your passwords, um, allow you to, most of them allow you to generate random passwords to use on the fly. Especially if you have the, they, most of them have browser extensions and apps for your phone. Allows you to randomly generate extremely secure passwords and store them in a vault encrypted um, behind a single master password. So instead of having to have like tens or sometimes hundreds of different passwords to make sure you don't ever reuse passwords, you just need to come up with one extremely secure password and have all the rest of your passwords just be random gibberish that the password manager is saving. Now, of course, there are pros and cons to this. The glaring con, obviously, is that if that master password is either weak or somehow gets cracked or you have massive data breaches that are out of your control, uh, looking at you, LastPass. Huh? Uh, What? LastPass didn't do anything. Come on. LastPass didn't do anything They're except fine. have like a massive amount of their vault exposed. It's fine. Um, You're essentially like, up. yeah, you're in a good spot. That's always an option to look at. And like I said, there's free ones, there's paid ones, there's a bunch of different features. I personally use a, a free one called Bitwarden. I enjoy it quite a lot. I think, Miles, you have your own solution. Like, I think you, you, you pay for your solution. Yeah, I use Dashlane along with my family. I've gotten most of them, <coughs> Elena, um, sorry, uh, on board with it. It's a good solution because with it, it's a it's ability to scale to a family environment and allows for sharing of passwords, which yeah. is very nice when you have a family and you have streaming services that you want to split between people. That is pretty nice when it's just like, hey, uh, I want to do this, and they're like, well, here's the password, and you're like, that is mm -hmm. like five characters. Yeah, they also have like disaster recovery, so in case something happens to someone in the family, because we're in a family plan together, uh, Dashlane will allow us to access each other's information. Which I think is just really nice peace of oh, mind. It's a horrible cool. thing to think about, but the peace of I mind mean, there, knowing that in the case that something bad happens, it's about focusing on your the members of your family and what they're doing rather than immediate recovery of things. You know that you have that backlog. It's just a peace yeah, of mind to me. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's a nice little. That's a nice little feature. I didn't know that they made they uh, had that option. Yeah, you have to approve people, and then it's like a multi step verification. Oh, nifty. But it does exist. Okay. Um. I think that one thing with password managers that a lot of people who I've talked with say is that, oh, I just write my passwords down in a notebook that I keep on my desk. Sam, what do we say about that? Um, it's pretty bad at physical security. I mean, obviously, the likelihood of a hacker breaking into your home in order to get access to your physical documents is low, especially if you're not a hard target. Like, if you're not, like, a, a target, if you're just kind of, like... Because, you know, a lot of the time, if you get attacked online, it's not because that person chose you specifically 
and you know is it uh, has a vendetta or like some like you're you know you're not like a chosen target like in some sort of agenda or something normally you're found on a scan or found on like cracked credentials or that or they bought the off the dark web or something and they you're you're attacked as part of a larger attack very very seldom are you like the the target of a hacker it's not like in the movies you know well sometimes it is but a lot of the time it's not but the likelihood i i here's it i feel like this comes with some caveats depends on your setting if you're doing this in a work environment like in the office horrid idea horrid idea oh i have some like, great stories that i can tell you offline sam about uh people getting into on physical security of of companies where passwords are just written on sticky notes on monitors that's vile it's it's vile. horrible it is horrible so it's just like uh like come on don't do that however i feel like in your home it well, is not i mean it's travel? it's if you need to travel, then you're going to need to take that notebook with you. And if someone gets that, if you lose your notebook, all your data is gone. If you use a password, well, here's manager, the thing: I feel like one. that comes down to your use case. Yeah, but I still think it's the idea of using a physical notepad to me just seems like it's only detrimental. It would it would incentivize you to use shorter passwords that are easier for you to write down or type in, which is first off one of the issues we have. Second off, it incentivizes you to store your passwords physically and store digital assets physically, which is not always a bad thing, but any any publicly accessible version of private information can be publicly accessible. So the fact that you're even making it public is putting it at risk. And if it doesn't yeah. need to be at risk, it shouldn't be at risk. That's just, a, that's just a slightly extreme view on security, but I mean, just seeing people getting popped left and right, which is what I do all day. Mm-hmm. I probably I now probably am like a bit of a germaphobe for security where if I see people with publicly written passwords or some of my friends who have the same password for everything you know who you are I'm not going to say your name but I know your password and you know I know it um I could log into every single one every single one of these this person's uh accounts on everything right now with two yeah passwords that's pretty probably. insane yeah like That's like that kind of insane. thing people like that do not think they're at risk and they say they always use the line why would i be a target it's not that you would be a target it's that you're going to be a victim yeah that's a good way of putting it you click on and links, it's like this can be everything. avoided using so many it's like simple steps yes very simple steps you know summing up what we have so far use complex passwords use passwords that have an increased character count. How? Use a password manager. It kind of these things kind of come. I feel like it kind of come in a package deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's a for me there's a five step process to becoming more cyber secure than like eighty to ninety percent yeah. of people online. And what are those five steps? Those five steps are first off creating an email, creating a strong or creating an email with a strong password your two steps so making your email making it a strong password using that email to make a password manager with a very strong password so you need to remember two very strong passwords and then linking your pat your email to a yubikey if you do that you're above 90 percent of everyone on the internet the reasons for this are your password manager can only really be reset using your email your email is also the number one targeted resource that you have 
by combining both of those, if you lose your email password, you lose everything. Just thinking that you have a password manager. So if I have your email and I know that you have a password manager on that email, I can just request a password reset to that email and fill it out myself as an attacker. But yeah. if your email requires a form of multi-factor authentication, I prefer YubiKeys just because I like having a physical token to represent my online identity so that no one can spoof it. Then the only way to log into your email is if you are the person who owns the email. Even if your password of your email is out, as long as it's not the same as your your online uh, password manager's email, whatever password manager, you are going to be pretty safe from attacks, I'd say, as long as that password is not reused anywhere. While that is a bit complex for a lot of people to do, I think that if you just ensure a secure password on your email and password manager, you're at like 75% or 70%. But those two, those two points of weakness within your security are the ones that you need to make sure are firm. Those are the two gates into your online identity that you need to have like men guarding. If that like yeah. looking for an analogy. I don't know if you agree with that, Sam, or you have anything to add on. No, I'm I'm pretty much right there with you. That's a very good overview. Do you do you end up using YubiKeys for any personal things? Uh no. See. I haven't got I haven't gotten that deep into the weeds. One day. I, one day. I we'll think, have an I update I think, podcast in like a year. And a I won't lie. Soon. In my personal opinion, I think YubiKeys are a step. I think they, those would probably be overkill for a lot of people. They probably are. I think I think a password manager is the... I think a password manager is the solid like step where a lot of people are going to be pretty good. And then if you want to really devote... Because, I mean, using a YubiKey requires a lot of devotion in my like it's like you're putting yourself you're putting a physical item into your work like you need to work that in you need to understand how it works you need to understand how to set it up you need to understand like all this stuff about it i think like a password manager for a lot of people is going to be like the farthest that they are able to go into the weeds yeah into the weeds of at least password security yeah we're not going to get into other security that's for other topics yeah that's like for and we're going to have more topics in this series because there are some other things we want that need to be talked about. Like There are a lot of other things we need to talk about. Like fishing being one of them. That's, I think that's going to be an episode all of its own. Fishing has to be at, like probably physical maybe security. two episodes. Two, physical security. I think it'd be a really fun one. We could probably even bring on some people to talk about physical security. I know a few people we might want to involve in that. Actually, this is a good segue to more information about the podcast. We have a questions tab on each episode. If there's an aspect it's of been your used security, like three times, please use it more. If there is an aspect of your security that you're curious about or you would think you'd want to know more about, please drop it in there. We'd be happy to speak to it because we can only speak to as many things as people make us aware of that they want to know about. If you're our parents, I know all four of our parent parents. Yeah, all four of them. Uh, I know you guys do not work in tech, and I know you probably have questions to Sam and I where you ask us, hey, can you help me log into my email on my computer? That was a shout out to my mom or my dad. Ask the questions so that we can answer them for everyone because you have the questions that people don't think to ask or people of our age just inherently believe we know or think everyone knows, which Sam and I may not understand that we take that for granted. Yeah, so there's asking a lot those of questions is like going to help more people than just yourself. So ask away, please. We love answering questions. 
I would love to eventually have enough questions to have a questions episode. Get on top of it, people. I think that'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun. Just start assembling questions from like a year's worth of podcasts into one 15-minute episode. No. <laughs> all, <laughs> all three questions. Honestly. And I think one of them was actually just a comment, not even a question. I know. Yeah. It was just like, I like this. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Not a question, though. I guess it's a, I guess it's technically a feedback tab, isn't it? It's a feedback questionnaire tab. I like to think of it as yeah. questions. So long short of it, uh, go above and beyond with your passwords. Um, use leet speech, which is the swapping numbers for char- or letters for characters and stuff that Miles talked about. Do that. Um, be smart about what passwords you're using, what, what you're putting in your passwords. Honestly, just get a password manager. You know, if you want, don't want to pay for it, use the free ones. If you want to invest in it, look into that. But just use it and stick to it. Like, I know it's easy to just be like, oh, I can just throw in a quick little easy password. But no, just like this stuff's important. Because, you know, like, we probably won't get into attack vectors and how, like, you know, lateral movement and how crazy, you know, like, and it doesn't seem like, oh, this, like, you know, it's just like my freaking, uh, I don't know. A good example, like some account on a random website. Like, what what's the harm that it could do? It could do a lot, and you just you wouldn't know. Yeah, I think that's one thing that I think we're going to hope to demonstrate throughout this series, starting now, is that the online world is full of a lot more risks to your personal information than you believe. And beyond your personal information, just your person as a whole. And you're not aware of them until you either experience them, like Sam and I do, or you are introduced to them. So hopefully we can do that for people. Yeah, and that's kind of where we want to get with that to make this a useful resource of information for everyone who listens to our our little podcast. Yeah, and, and to prove to people that we're more than just glorified tech support. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I swear, my parents use me as a tech support. Same. My degree is not in tech support. Mine isn't, but it probably should be. I I feel it also. Probably. You know, I feel like of... if I feel like if Champlain kept their system administration degree, I probably would have gotten it. I mean, I feel like we all end up doing help desk at some point in time. Like you're like, okay, here's how you make an account for me in your Splunk instance. Yeah. Twenty emails back and forth later. There's no probably Splunk just... account live chat needs to be a thing always no my favorite one is when um for my work when clients have to make us accounts for things yeah and we send them a set of instructions and they they email us back being like did you send us these instructions like are these real yep it's like like it's like what yes yes we sent you the instructions They're like okay we just wanted to verify that you sent us the instructions like okay it's on the email chain that's between four people and they came after we had a call saying we're going to send you instruction. And then when they make us the account, the best instance of that is we got, um, we're doing O365 work. We got granted a global admin account. Not just admin, global admin. Why? We had access to everything. And they didn't even That's realize that they gave horrible. it to us. They thought they just made us an admin. That's so horrible. We got a call the next day. We're like, guys, you know we're global admins? They're like, nope, we didn't, but you can have it. We don't care. Uh, okay. In, like, in, in a few less words than that. But. That's problematic but you know what that's your problem it's not our problem we had fun with it <laughs> we could query all of the data yeah that sounds kind of fun for a security analyst yeah not not for their security team because you know their security team realized oh we goofed up 
Like, yeah. Because if I'm called on to something and my company is, it's normally not a good day. They're already stretched thin, so I don't I don't blame them for that. In this case, these people were working 24 hours a day for like the past four days. So I would have made the same mistake. That's tough. But yeah, before we uh, wrap up, Sam, the most important question. The most important question. The most important question. How's the coffee? It was good. Like I said, it's it. I made a latte, so I mean, it's it's certainly not the espresso experience. It's a more sippable experience. Yes, very much. What are you more using? Your, what are you using? Two percent. Two percent. All right. Yeah. Have you tried? I used whole, whole milk. I I used I used whole milk mostly, and then I just decided to cut back on the fat intake. You know, I would agree with that, but the, the fat a whole whole milk in a, a lattes, it just tastes better. I like it I does. Don't like drinking whole milk. I like drinking two percent milk, but I like whole milk in my lattes. So I have See, like one of those uh, yeah. little like quarter gallons of half milk or whole milk in my fridge. Why do you have quarter gallons? Because I only use it for coffee. Oh. Or like the really tiny ones, like the really skinny bottles. I don't know if they're quarter gallons. I think they're quarter. See, I burn through it pretty quickly because I, I drink a lot of lattes. Yeah, I have like one or two a week, if that. But yeah, good stuff. So continuing on with our, our onboard ramblings of the evening, as we normally do. The question of the day would you rather be a hard-boiled egg or a cloud 